search around. Here goes. Right. Welcome to the Church of Mavis radio show. It's Friday night, 7.08 p.m. Central. The hurricane hit down here, and I survived. It didn't come near me. I got some cold weather and the wind. That's it. But those people down there got the crap knocked out of them. I've been praying for them or whatever. And uh, I'm just glad it didn't hit me. I've been through Michael, so I didn't need that again. This one seems worse than Michael. Ian. Whatever the hell they named it. Ian. 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 Now his name is some prick name. You know, I was just naming Hitler. <laughs> but uh, I don't know any Ian, so I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, we got uh, Wild Trees back with us tonight. Biologist Wild Trees. We got Jay McNicholas. How's it going, Wild Trees? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Glad to be back. How are you His doing? Miserable. <laughs> but money trouble, women trouble, addiction trouble. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just trouble, trouble, trouble. But uh, no, I've been taking blood pressure pills. I'm trying to wean off those. Okay. Just crap. Just just a mess. <laughs> but anyway, how, how many hits did your last show get? You got uh, 357,000 and some change. I'm not sure that's, that's right. Somewhere around there. It got featured. Yeah. So we'll see if yeah. this one does. But I was surprised when it does. It might. You never know. It's been a little while since one's been featured. So hmm. we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll see that name. But like, wow, Jesus is back. <laughs> and they'll go crazy. And, and this is also broadcast on a, a Louisiana radio station. Is that correct? That's yeah. what Joe, yeah, Joe does. He's in New okay. Orleans. Don't say the no. F word. That's the only rule. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 107.7 FM down in New Orleans. Yeah. Great. Down wow. in the voodoo streets of New Orleans. Concrete blonde bloodletting, baby. That's right. But uh, that's a good one. Well, hello but to everybody in uh, New Orleans. Thank you for listening. And thanks for anybody listening this later on a stream or something as well. I appreciate That's it. That's right. <laughs> I got a nausea Lightfoot coming to talk about some voodoo in December. So, mm -hmm. okay. but, uh, so what you been up to, man, what's been going on? Okay. Well, last time I was here, I was part of a, like a panel discussion show called black Lotus, uh, on YouTube, black Lotus, uh, productions is a channel, but then, uh, unfortunately the host, the main host, Damien Gray, he, he had some medical problems. So he ended the show. And then uh, I went ahead and started my own show. So now I have my own show on YouTube called, uh, well, you, if you just go to YouTube, type in biologist wild trees. And I've been doing it. I do it at least weekly, a show now. And I interview people. I've interviewed like two uh, UFO, I mean, um, Bigfoot witnesses now, an abduction witness. I actually, I also talk about scientific papers written about the paranormal. So there's a, uh, a scientific paper recently came out by Hal Putoff, uh, a scientist, and he was talking about ultraterrestrials, basically uh, saying how, you know, UFOs and their occupants are um, all these reasons why they're probably not extraterrestrial. They, they are real, but they're they're probably ultraterrestrials in that they probably they're Earth inhabitants. They probably live in the ocean. And so I broke down that research paper. There's another research paper by Jack Vallee which I broke down. And that one was about, it was five reasons once again, why UFOs are probably not extraterrestrial. And he gives these really good scientific reasons. And then the last paper I, I discussed was, uh, it was really interesting. It's basically how uh, there's a lot of experimental evidence for uh, psychic ability being real. That's uh, uh, basically PK, 
ability, uh, the ability to move things with your mind, a clairvoyance, and telepathy. Uh, there, is, uh, there is scientific lab evidence showing that these are real phenomenon. And so that's what I've been doing, working on that channel, basically. So What's it called? What's it called again? It's uh, Biologist Wild Trees. So you, right. if, if you want to go there, you just do uh, YouTube.com slash, and in one word, Biologist, B-I-O-L-O-G-I-S-T, Wild Trees. All so tell everybody why they call you Wild Trees again. What happened? Right, right. Okay, so basically... Um, so yeah, my background is in biology. I have a degree in biology. I've worked at a lot of universities, research stations. I've traveled to a lot of places. I've published research. I continue to do research. I, I go to like scientific conferences. I taught at a university. Anyway, um, so so a lot of my work with science is through academic institutions. And uh, for people that don't know, there's no academic institution that takes the paranormal seriously. So they ridiculed the subject and they would, uh, I guess if I use my real name, you know, that would, that would look poorly on me. It might affect my, uh, my relationship with colleagues or my career basically. And I, I don't think I'm the only scientist who does the same thing I'm doing. I think there are a lot of scientists who study the paranormal, but they do it in secret for this, the reason I just told you why. Um, and then the name wild trees, I think it just popped in my head all of a sudden, uh, and I like it. It's a good name. I think, you know, it was a subconscious thing, like why I thought of that name. You know, part of the reason was I, I was going through an illness and I remember I was going to like a doctor's visit, right? And I was just doing really bad. I was not holding up well, health-wise. I was barely, you know, alive, I guess you could say. Not a lot of joy in my life. And then I remember I saw these two trees in front of the, the hospital office. So one of them was alive and healthy, you know, it was standing up and it was full of life and leaves were green. And another one was, you know, on the floor and it was rotting away. It was just like a corpse of a tree, you know. And I thought about how, uh, you know, that tree, it just trees just want to be alive. That's all they want to do. They, they their main their main goal in life is to prevent themselves from becoming that rotting corpse. So I don't know, somehow that inspired me a little bit in my my low point. I was like. I'm going to be like these trees. Okay. I know my life sucks right now, but I, I'm going to, you know, for the sake of my body, I'm going to try to keep my body alive as long as I can and prevent it from being a corpse of uh, a corpse, just like the tree that was on the ground. And maybe subconsciously that mixed up in my head. And I, I felt like I got this inspiration from trees. And I think that's where the name might've come from, but I, I did give it to myself. Cool. 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 So, uh, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about Yellowstone. Have you been keeping up with that lately? It seems like it's about to blow up. Like it always seems like that, but I know there's been crazier stuff lately, like magma and weird really? stuff. Have you? Yeah, there's been. Look it up. There's been a lot of crazy news about it lately. That's just like a horror movie, like every day. Interesting. No, I, I haven't been keeping up with that. I, I've been to Yellowstone um, as part of my research, uh, and I saw the hot the hot springs, and I we pulled up to Old Faithful. And, you know, because uh, and we got lucky because it was like right when it was about to go off because, you know, there's like a, a time, you know, and we were kind of we, we were just passing through. But, yeah, so I have been to Yellowstone. I saw Old Faithful. I saw all the, the hot 
holes. I saw the the, the buffalo, but no, I, I haven't been keeping up with that news. That's that's yeah, very check interesting. Check it out for sure. Because I know there's always you know the animals react to that stuff too, like weird stuff. Did you keep up with that weird thing that happened with all those cattle that died in Kansas? Like it was like a crap ton of cattle, like fifteen thousand or something, wasn't it, Jay? Do you remember that? All those cattle that died. No, I don't remember the number now. Oh my gosh, it was a lot. Let me see. Uh, cattle died. I mean, it was crazy, like Kansas City. Like, it was a lot. Well, it was 2,000. I'm, well, I think that's it. It was just like a bunch of, it was <coughs> three months ago, a bunch of cattle just croaked. Mm-hmm. Like, at one time, at least 2,000. So, it, was it 15,000? Yeah, the thing about cattle is that I, I do think there's probably some kind of connection between some paranormal aspects and cattle because obviously there's there's cattle mutilations that go on those are crazy yeah and a lot of them are unexplained i mean yeah i mean i'm sure a lot of them are, are just like a regular natural death and predation but there are cases that are well documented that don't really seem like it's a predator the the, the cause is very unknown and then um there's this guy i've been talking to I, i'm trying to get him on my show he's a little bit busy he's working on a documentary thing his name is david perkins and he's really into the Gaia hypothesis, which is the idea that the Earth itself, our planet, you know, the sphere we live on, is basically alive. It is one living thing. And that potentially cattle mutilations are a form of communication from the planet. So the, 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 the cattles are being mutilated by the planet as a sign. I'm not sure what, what the sign would be. Maybe it's against our um, agriculture. Our agricultural practices are maybe bad or something. But, um, but to me, that Gaia hypothesis thing, it makes total sense because if you look at yourself or me or whoever's listening, uh, you're more than likely a living human. I mean, you're not you think you think you're one person. You're like, I'm one person. I'm wild trees. I'm one individual. But in reality, you're, you're made of trillions of individual living things, yeah. your cells, basically your cells. Each one of your cells is alive. It's breathing. It goes to the bathroom. It dies. It, re- it reproduces. So uh, the idea that the planet itself is alive and that everything else on it is like the cells of the planet, that doesn't sound that strange to me. Yeah. Um, well, that's crazy as far as, I mean, the planet doing it. I mean, it's kind of twisted, isn't it, what they do to them? I mean, I maybe forces on the planet, you know, like we folk or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, I'm open to anything. But it's just crazy what they do to it. I mean, they pretty much, like, razor cut it up and you know do crazy crazy blood draining i mean it's crazy well you know here's the thing well i think but i think also guys if it was the planet doing it Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be neat and clean the 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 catamulations are are, they're surgical they're precise the exact same parts are destroyed every time the lips are taken uh, the sex organs some of the uh, internal organs are taken all of the blood is gone always might be it's caretakers of the planet aka aliens right. yeah. or whatever so if if the planet itself were doing it you know nature doesn't do things in a straight line or very precise or precision you know, look at the grand canyon this is a huge right. hole in the ground that has been cut by water and it meanders through the desert in arizona it's not it doesn't have any straight edges doesn't have any 90 degree angles it doesn't have any it's, it's not precision cut so no, whatever's happening to this it's it's definitely by intelligence but it's with surgical precision so whoever's doing it has either extreme surgical knowledge and or biological knowledge of the cows that's doing that they're doing them to 
Yeah, and that's why. I, yeah, and you're very right. I I was actually just talking about that straight line thing, uh, how straight lines aren't really natural. Um, but yeah, that, that's why I want to talk to David on the show to see what the mechanism is. I know the general idea that he thinks, but I want to know, you know, mechani mechanistically how how would it work? Uh, the, the other thing I was going to say about cattle mutilations. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and this is not a ding against any. Um, uh, like uh, practice, like ranching practices, but basically, what 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 the cattle mutilations? What happens to the cattle during the mutilations? Isn't that? I mean, how how different is that than what we do to cattle when we process them for beef? I mean, we also, uh, you know, a lot of times we cut their throats, we stun them in the head to kill them, we do drain them of blood. Uh, certain practices like halal, nothing against halal, but I believe yeah, halal, the, yeah, the the throats are cut, and then we butcher them up and we we eat all their parts, their tongue, and everything their brain so uh is it i mean is it shocking just because we're we're seeing it and we don't usually see the butchering done is it that of the burger we eat is that why it's shocking because that could be like a thing like putting it in our face you know maybe bringing it to our attention well i mean with the, with the butchering we try to do it as humanely as possible but with the with the cattle mutilations we don't know that this damage isn't being done while it's still alive yeah, We're yeah not, that would be no one's no one's seen the entire process from from finish to start, um, or start to finish rather. So we don't know. I mean, if if they're vivisecting these animals while they're alive, that's it's not only a cruel but it's extremely painful to the animal. Probably what would cause their death if they just start cutting into you while you're alive. It's that's got to be horrible. Right. That that would be the thing. Yeah, that would be the thing. Is are they uh, are these mutilations being done while it's alive? And like you said, there's no there's no telling. So either way, we don't really know. <clears throat> Some guy just came to the chat and just said, I'm a commando for no reason. <laughs> I've like, seen that. You... I've seen that guy before. Where have He's I seen him? Are you like net going commando? Does that mean you're naked? <laughs> Dude. Give us a little context. We just need yeah, a little more context. Need, for the military. I mean, you know, what's going on? But uh, any, I'm open to anything. I've seen weird beings, beings of light. Right. I've seen weird reptilians tripping balls. I've seen... Uh, beings of light sober i've seen uh strange little hooded beings on ecstasy around a black box with a friend a cat jumped and they vanished i've seen other weird ufo stuff completely sober so that's enough when you see that you get pretty open-minded don't try to be too open-minded but it opens your senses when you see glowing people leaving your house you know and flying into the heavens so anything's yeah. possible you know, might but, be fa fairies that are caretakers. You know, maybe they like whoppers. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, maybe uh, Tinkerbell wants a cheeseburger. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I can't blame them. So, what's been going on with some animals? What's some new animal stuff going on? Um. Well, let me see. Off the top of my head. Well, I mean, that, is that mostly what you do? Is animals, or is it different, like environmental, or what? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Well. I, I do focus on animals, so I am an organismal biologist, I would say. So the organisms I'm working on are water beetles. There's a certain type of uh, water beetle called the whirligig beetle. If you guys have spent any time in nature, you've probably seen this beetle. So it lives on the surface of water, so it's very visible. It is not hidden, and there's a bunch of them. Like They, they could form uh, hundreds and thousands of them, but they make these big groups on the surface of water. Mm -hmm. They're found all over the world. Uh, they move around in little circles. That's why they get the name. That's those ones four with legs. the little things that are like. Yeah, yeah they, they float on top of the water with like four legs on the water. They're really neat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I saw a weird beetle recently. I've never seen it before, but it was like white with little blue 
dots on it. Like it was weird. I don't know what it you was. You probably saw it right after it molted. That's why it's white. Maybe. That's weird. Be but those are those little things that skip around. They're like, yay, 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 like in water, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Creeks They're and... always like that. They don't turn into something. I always thought they were just something. They turn into something else or something. So they're always yeah. like that. No, no, actually, they do, they do change, but that is their final form. So that well, let me so let me back up. There are there's the other thing is I am teaching a class on entomology on my YouTube channel, Biologist Wild Trees. So I started I posted the first lecture already. So it's you, you know once you listen to it, it's a college level biology course. But uh, there are two types of insects. Um, they're divided into the insects that go to complete metamorphosis and uh, incomplete metamorphosis. So basically. An example of the incomplete metamorphosis would be like a, a cockroach. We're all familiar with them. So when a cockroach is born, it, it comes from an egg. But a when a cockroach is born, it just looks like a tiny version of a cockroach. And it just continuously molts. You know, it sheds its outer exoskeleton and it gets bigger and bigger. But it always looks like a cockroach, just different sizes. But then you have uh, beetles, like the beetles I study, the ones in the water, or like a butterfly is probably more famous, uh, which goes through a complete metamorphosis. And so uh, going back to the beetle that I study, it starts off as an egg. The egg is in water. It hatches to a larva that looks kind of like a snake. It's very voracious, cannibalistic. It eats a lot of its uh, uh, brothers and sisters and cohorts. And then it goes into a pupa stage, you know, and inside it, it metamorphosizes and it changes from this snake-like creature that lives underwater into this fully grown beetle with the hard exoskeleton. So, so you're right. It does, it does go through different forms, but the one you see is the final form. And, and, and yeah. there's three stages, right? It's, it's egg, larva, and an adult. And that's the same as with butterflies and, and moths. Yeah. I mean, you could add the pupa stage in there. I mean, let me see the uh, cocoon stage, uh, but yeah. Yeah. So it'd be egg, larva, pupa, adult. Yeah. Okay, so there are four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, generally. Ooh. Can you tell us anything about a dung beetle? I always love those. I see them here too in Florida. They like to play with a little poop. piece of poop. There's something <laughs> sacred about it. Yeah. I think in India there, or is it Egypt? Scarab, right? Or yeah. something. I don't know, but there's something about it. I don't think it's a scarabs were, were more flesh eating. Um, you ever yeah, seen somewhere in Africa? The dung beetle is like a worship creature. One of my favorite movies, and you may have heard of this wild trees, Jay, maybe. Wild, I mean, uh, Microcosmos. Have you ever seen that? Oh mm -hmm. yeah, I have seen it it's, back in the day. It's French, yeah. and I, I remember have it on video. I got you can get it on Blu-ray, but you just you need to get screwed up on something and watch it. <laughs> I remember. You know what sticks out to me most about that movie is the uh, the long uh, sex scene with the snails. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> there's the a there's a dung beetle. It's yeah. beautiful though. It's like time lapsed and all that stuff and. Yeah, really use, good. They, use these really, they don't really make good. stuff like that that I know of. I mean, maybe no, it's not. It's rare. I like it. I've seen it. It's one of those things you just put on late at night on a VHS that's weird or something. Right. You know, what's really fun too is so that, that one of the reasons why that movie works so well is because they use uh, uh, microscopic cameras to to get to get a view of small things. And I've always thought like, okay, uh, if 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 someone's not listening to this and they've never used a microscope. I recommend you use a microscope because even now, I mean, I've been doing biological research for years. Every time I use a, a microscope, um, it's it feel it's the closest I could think of like of going into a time machine or going into a spaceship because it's like you're literally transported to like a whole other dimension. It's very very cool. Um, so like when I'm another organism I study are, are water bears, 
is their common name. They're also known as moss piglets and tardigrades. tardigrades. Yeah. They're their own type of animal. They're microscopic. They live all over the world. They have all these cool things. But anyway, they're fully aquatic animals. <laughs> so when I, when I, what I do when I look at them, I use a, a certain microscope called a dissecting microscope. Uh, it's opposed to a slide microscope. You know, slide microscope, you have a little glass slide with another glass piece. And, but, that, but I use a different type where you can look at three-dimensional objects. But anyway, I fill a little, little, little dish, a tiny little dish with water, and I put my sample that I get from the moss or the lichen, and then I, I start looking with the microscope. And it, it honestly feels like I'm scuba diving in the microscopic world because I'm going down all these levels, and you see all these different animals. You see them move around. And then I use a little uh, – if I want to, like, um, move around or manipulate the subject, there's two tools I use. One tool is I get a chopstick. And I take out an eyelash of mine because eyelashes are very rigid. And then you just kind of glue it to the end of the chopstick. And then you use your own little, uh, your hair, your eyelash to like poke around, you know, move things around. And there's just the other thing called, it's like a little miniature loop that a scientist gave to me. There's a way to do it, but um, it's probably hard. But it's basically a microscopic little miniature loop, like a lasso of metal. It's very tiny, but that's how you pick up the tardigrades. It's very, you have to scoop them up. But anyway, I use these two tools to like manipulate the environment and look around. But when I'm looking at the, when I'm in the microscope, it honestly feels like I'm scuba diving in an alien world. It's fascinating because you see all these weird things. And then there's another tool I remember I used called um, a scanning electron microscope, which uh, uses electrons, basically uh, a subatomic particle, which, you know, all matter is made of um, subatomic particles. So matter is basically what our physical world is made of. If you look at the periodic table of elements, those are the type of atoms that we have. So some common ones are oxygen, carbon, platinum, titanium. Uh, what's the other? Tungsten, my favorite element. But anyway, these elements can be broken down into smaller things. So the way this microscope works is you put it, you put your subject in a chamber and it shoots out these, these subatomic particles called electrons at it. And it shoots them all, all at it and then they bounce back to a collector that makes the image. And then you could see things that are like, you know, thousands of times magnified. So it could be like, like if you, if you got a grain of pollen, for instance, which normally, you know, a grain of pollen is invisible to the naked eye. But if you put a grain of pollen uh, in, in the microscope, scanning electron microscope, and then you magnified it, you get so close that it looks like, I don't know, like a little island you could walk on. I mean, that's how close it looks. You could get so close to it. And I remember using this one electron scanning microscope called a environmental. And what's interesting about an environmental scanning electron microscope is that you don't have to do any crazy prep work because there's some of these microscopes where you have to put your subject in a chamber and then it gets covered in gold, gold particles. So you have to like, you have to have gold bars. Anyway, it takes a while, but this one, you just put your subject in there. You make sure it's dry. You can't be wet. And then I remember you just shut the door open and it starts like whizzing. These engines start whizzing. The screen starts flickering. And that feels like a time machine going off. You know, that's what I felt like when I used it. You know, the, 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 the door sh shutting, all the, the, the fans going and then the screen pops up and it's like you're in another world. And, uh, you know, part of what I do is I go to uh, schools and I talk to kids about science. And, uh, you know, I, I realized this one time I went to talk to fifth graders and I had a microscope and then, you know, I got a sample for them to look at and they were all coming up. And then pretty soon I realized I was like, wait a minute, this is the first time any of these kids have ever used a microscope. And to them, it was like magic. It was like I was showing them a magic trick or something because they would look through the eyepiece 
and then it will look down at the sample and it will look back and it just blew their minds. <laughs> so um, microscopes are great, man. I, I recommend everybody use a microscope at least once in their life. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I remember us talking about the tardigrade uh, and stuff like that. Uh, where are there any other ones that come to mind? Well, yeah, in the in the same environment. So, you know, the, the tardigrade shares, you know, it, it's not a lonely animal in that its environment is shared by a lot of other animals that live in its like little niche or its little habitat. So another really interesting one is called a rotifer. Um, so rotifers, there's two types of rotifers. One of them is, um, uh, Jay says the planarians are cool. Yeah, planarians <laughs> are cool. Yeah, I think we're planarians in that uh, Swamp Thing origin story. I have that comic book, but I, I, I don't think, know. I just remember from my biology classes in, in high school, and I don't think we did it, but they showed us some experiments where they took kind of like the tools you're talking about. They took microscopic tools and they would split the head of the planarian yes. out, and then it would grow two heads. The, the two halves would grow their other halves back. Yes. And then sometimes where they slice it all the way down the middle into two pieces, and then they regenerate their other sides, and then you, from one you now have two. Exactly. That I just that just blew my mind that they could do that with this microscopic mm. thing. Yeah, and what I think the, the swamp thing is like there's a swamp thing, a, a DC comic character or a what comic were you talking about with the planarians? D, a swamp thing is the name. Okay, of the comic. okay, okay. So there's a swamp thing origin story, one of them, and um, basically they they try to describe how swamp thing came to get its powers. But basically, they use a the planarian example, and because I I think this is true, but I think the other thing they would do to add to what Jay said is they would have a planarian and they would have it like run a maze and it would memorize the maze right but then you would cut it up in all these little pieces and those little pieces would turn into a new planarian but they would also have the knowledge of the original one genetic so they memory would, they would have the memory yeah and so the way that that affects swamp thing is i think this scientist falls in the swamp and he gets inhabited by the the swamp itself but then he gets all the memories and the knowledge of the swamp itself i think that's how that origin story goes but um nice but yeah, these uh, these rotifers. There's two types of rotifers. Uh, one of them is uh, well, both of them. They kind of look like eggplants. You know, just imagine a tiny microscopic eggplant, and then at the bottom they have these two little feet that stick out. It's pretty goofy looking, or like a bowling pin. Imagine a bowling pin with these two little feet, and then the way it moves around the rotifer is it inches along like an inchworm. You know, like its whole body is inching around like a caterpillar, but there's one variety that does that, but not only that, it's carnivorous. So then when it wants to move around, it, it could actually like swim gracefully like a dolphin all over uh, the water where it lives. And then the other thing is it's, its mouth opens up like a predator. So it, it's got this mouth that just opens up. And in the middle, it's got like a uh, rotating saw kind of, which it uses to eat. Uh, it's got like, yeah, like, a, like a buzzsaw for a mouth. So that's a pretty gnarly looking uh, microscopic. I mean, if that thing was like any bigger, like the size of a cat, even it would be terrifying. It would be uh, a top predator in this environment. Nice, but, but it is microscopic, thankfully. <laughs> Speaking of comics, there's a new Batman Spawn comic coming in December okay. by Todd McFarlane. I'm checking it out. Oh, nice. Okay, I was going to ask if Todd was going to write it or. Yeah, Greg Capello and Todd McFarlane and somebody else, but they're. There's like all these covers for it. And of course, you know, they go crazy with the variants and everything. Mm -hmm. Like for a hundred, you can get 13 covers and Jay Lee and all this crazy stuff. 
And then there's crazier tiers to it where you can spend like five grand, which of course I didn't do that, <laughs> but where you can get like the real crazy special cover, two grand. Like it's just, they're going crazy over it right now. It's a big one. Yeah. There's other, there's two other crossovers with Spawn and Batman. I have to get the older ones, but I'm going to check out the new one for sure. But yeah, I've had to cut down my comic stuff, but I got a little carried away with it for a while. Do you, do you ever did you ever get into digital like you know uh, com, comicology? I saw them, but I mean I didn't. But it seems like a good idea. It probably probably cheaper, <laughs> that's for sure. Mm -hmm. I would think so. I know what that is, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Right now I have like seven bo plastic too. boxes full mm -hmm. of comic books. Those black boxes you buy that look like right. a monolith from uh, <laughs> Space Odyssey. Yeah, there's probably people out there with their <laughs> houses filled with those things, like a whole house made of those things. But uh, well, I, have, uh, I, I was just to tell a really funny uh, comic book story real fast. So um, back in 2010, I went to this research station in Colorado called the Rocky Mountain Biological Laboratory, and I spent 10 weeks there as a student. I was taking a college class and doing a research project. And uh, there, there's a rainy season during the summertime, so it's just like monsoon rains. These biting flies come out, and something about my personality, Jay, you tell me if you're like this as well. But if it's nonstop raining outside. I just shut down as a human. Like, I just want to hibernate. Like, I have no energy. Yeah. So, yeah, so so that happened. So, I, you know, I, I, every day I was out doing my research experiments on the side of this mountain, you know, like 8,000 feet in elevation, really beautiful country. But then uh, the rainy season came and I was just done. I was done for like a week or two. And what I would do is I had, at the time, I had a PlayStation Portable game console. It was 2010. And I went to the, uh, the computer lab at the research station and I downloaded a bunch of uh, digital... Uh, Walking Dead comics. And so uh, just for like a week or two, I just stayed in my cabin in my tent and just read Walking Dead comics on my PlayStation Portable. Nice. <laughs> then when it finally stopped raining, uh, my mentor who was from Cornell. His Ivy League mentor was like, where, where did you go for a week or two? Yeah, I have those. <laughs> I have four phone books of that. That's supposed to be all of them. It's like the big old oh, omnibuses, right. four yes. of them. But yeah. They ended it kind of abruptly, but I know AMC needs to chill out. They just milking the <laughs> crap out of that. It's like you need to end that crap. Like Put it out are, of its misery. Now there's a new Negan and Maggie show, Tales from the Blah Blah, and I ain't even keeping up with that crap anymore. I recently bought, uh, not too long ago, all the Jonah Hexes, <laughs> the first ones that ever came out. You never heard of that guy, the weird bounty hunter with a messed up face? Yeah, I haven't heard of Civil them, yep. War, but Joe R. Lansdale and Timothy Truman did some of them, and Joe's been on my show. He's a good Arthur, but mm. does Weird West. But uh, the old ones, they were like, man, uh, one through ninety-two, and just the, they were from the seventies. Some thirty cents a piece, but it's like a Weird West, like Weird West. Right. But it gets good, and then he croaks at the end of those, and they resurrect him. Hex, some sci-fi crazy story of him in space on like a radioactive planet or something. Mm -hmm. Oh wow, it's crazy. Yeah, they're good though, but it's definitely some old cheese, old <laughs> nostalgia. He's he's been on uh, the CW, um, the, the that Guardians of the Time. I got a tattoo of him. Oh, some is that Jonah Hex? Yeah, mm -hmm. some oh, nice. drunk bike. It's from the Timothy the Joe R. Lansdale book. It looks kind of like, uh, but it was a biker did it in Florida a million years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, so you get comics or you just do comicsology mostly? 
Uh, I haven't read comics in a while, but if if, if I was going to get into them, I would do that digital comic. Just like Jay said, it takes up a lot less space. Yeah, it's uh, addictive. Yeah. You want to do collect and find. I might have to transition to that, so I'll save money. That's the biggest yeah, the, crazy. It's the only crazy. drawback to the the only drawback to the digital comic is you, if it's you know a collectible cover, uh, it won't be worth anything down the road. And there's no way for you to sell it or trade it because it's yeah. you know digital. But hey, I've got a couple of comic boxes. I've got like the entire run of Amalgam. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. When DC and Marvel were about to collapse, they mm. they got together, artists, writers from both sides, both camps, and they mesh-moshed all their characters. I mean, so like Batman mm. and Wolverine became the Dark Claw. Uh, Superman became um, like, uh, he was like mishmashed with Captain America. I mean, they just, uh, Amazon was um, Storm from Marvel and Wonder Woman from DC. They made her into one. It was just amazing. Then it was like eight titles. Some of the titles were 12 books long. Some were four books long. And then some were like zero books only that were just like introductories. Um, so I got the whole run of that. And that's that's probably worth some money. But uh, that list of comics brought those two companies back from the brink of death. Mm. Right. That's that's it sounds crazy, man. I wonder if that's if history's gonna re- repeat itself with the movies, you know. Are we gonna get to the point where they you know milk the cow too dry and they're like, all we got left is to mix DC, uh Batman and Wolverine. That's the only thing we have in the tank that we haven't they, they, yet. Yeah, they like I said, they've got like eight or twelve titles of amalgam that they could use to make movies out of. So there's yeah. plenty of fodder out there if they if they have to. Um I, mean, I don't I don't see movies aren't quite as wishy-washy as comic book collecting because they <coughs> Either you do a good movie or it sucks. There's no in between. With comic books, if you've got a comic book like let's say Spider-Man, it's been running since the '60s. You've got 12 books per year. Mm-hmm. Of those 12 books, even if half of them suck, the other half don't. So people buy them and they don't like it, and they get mad at something, so they'll they'll step back for a few years. I haven't collected comic books since the '90s. But in the 90s, I was in the comic book store every Wednesday getting my subscriptions, getting all the X-Books, the Spider-Books, the, the Batman books, everything that I was collecting back then. And, uh, you know, it's at some point, it just, I stopped. I mean, not because I did what I wanted to, but things got in the way. Money became a problem. So hmm. it, Hollywood's a little different from comics, but it's a good idea. I would love to see the Dark Claw movie or Amazon any of those characters they did some really cool stuff i mean some of the characters are three three uh three characters deep like there's two from right. one and one from the other that they matched matched into one so <laughs> i see those those are pretty weird i i have a question you brought up the, the thing about not being able to resell digital things because that's really interesting to me because you know a lot of I, i'm more into video games and i mostly buy the physical copies for that reason so i could resell them mm-hmm. you can buy a digital copy you can't resell them but what about this scenario okay you can only do this once, but let's say for the comics thing, you have a very large collection of digital comics that you bought, right? Well, the way you access them is with the username and password. Mm-hmm. So could you theoretically one time sell your whole thing? Just be like, what you're selling really is your username and password. And then, you know, the person can yeah, log I mean, on there, and change Yeah, it. there's definitely that possibility. But it's, it's not the same as, you know, you go for, say, 10 years and you collect comic books for 10 years and then... 20 years down the road, you're hurting for money and you realize, oh my God, I have that one comic book that's worth $70,000. You're, you're probably not going to get $70,000 for a digital collection. Uh, but there are comic books out there that are worth so much money that if you find a pristine copy, uh, you'd be set for life. Right. So it's, it's, it's quite different. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could sell a username or password or 
um, maybe even be able to at some point transfer the <laughs> digital library to someone else. You know, they give you books and you send them 20 yeah. digital titles or whatever. It's like Steam. What's going to happen to all those when I croak? They needed some kind of mortuary service where you pass it to yeah. someone or something. Steam, you know what I mean? I have like 600 games on there or something. <laughs> like, a crap I think you ton. just. I just. I think you need to have like a, a write down your password and username. Put it in a, a treasure box. Bury it somewhere, and then leave that. <laughs> leave the you know the treasure map for your 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 relatives to find, and they could just dig up that piece of paper, <laughs> and they'll have your six hundred titles. <laughs> yeah, that's a, what about Steam Deck? I think it's pretty cool. I checked it out. I want to get one. I want to get one because I need it. I need a like a regular PC, you know, a good one, and I, I, it's a pretty strong one. I mean, I know it's made for video games, but it, it will, you know, help you with it's pretty sweet other stuff. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. But uh, you gotta get on that list for it and stuff. I have the PS Five. I got an Xbox. I got a Switch. I got that, <laughs> and uh, I need to play them more often. I try to. There's one I just did on uh, PC. It's really good. Orcs, and it oh. just came out. It's called okay. ORX. Look it up, and it's old school, kind of like an RTS. It's doing very well review-wise, ORX, and you build this kingdom, and you have to keep the orcs from getting in, and it's really good. Like, I like it. It's it's in early access right now, but it's on Steam. ORX. Interesting. It's worth it. It's worth it for sure. Uh, it's, it's a new one that I like. I, that's what I like, strategy, RTS. I'll yeah. do some of the other ones, but I really like like Age of Empires, and there's stuff like that. There's a new Dune one I checked out. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, Spice Wars, but I like those. Those, are hard. those aren't on consoles that much either. I right. tell you a good RTS that I love, Battle for Middle Earth. That was the most awesome mm. Lord of the Rings RTS that came out. It came out on Xbox once, but it's mostly PC. Very hard to yeah. find. You can't find it on uh, platforms you know, like Steam or anything. You can, I found it on eBay. Somebody's supposed to be redoing it graphic-wise and releasing it, but sometimes I have for copyright. I have one called War in the North. Is that an RTS? <laughs> that came out for PS3, Xbox 360. It's called it Lord of the Rings War in the North. That's, I don't think it's an RTS, but maybe, uh, maybe. it's a slash, hack and slash. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So what do you mostly play? I mean, what's, what's going on? Uh, well, I started streaming games. Um, Right now, I've been playing. Uh, uh, this is one game called uh, Ancestors uh, Humankind Odyssey. That's the name of it. Came out in 2019 for uh, PC, came out for you know Xbox. Oh, I know uh, that one. I haven't yeah, played it yet, but I got it on sale, but never got around to it. Oh, looks neat. Yeah, it's basically gorillas and stuff, apes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like to think of it maybe it's, it's kind of a, it's a stretch, but it's kind of like a Bigfoot simulator because. That the idea of the video game is it takes place 10 million years ago, and you're supposed to play uh, our ancestor. What, what are our ape-like ancestors were like 10 million years ago? And then, yeah, you just live in the forest in Africa. It takes place in Africa, and you have to like you know keep your clan alive. Every time you die, you get transferred to another clan member. You have to try to reproduce. If you end up getting killed by everybody, if you kill everybody in the tribe, then you lose the game. And you try hmm. to just hit. I think the end product is you try to get to the. A place where Lucy is, you know, Lucy is one of our uh, fossil ancestors. I think I have that on PlayStation. I got it a while back, but yeah, I know it got mixed reviews. It's about like the Assassin's Creed dude or something. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, he did one of the Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, 
but uh, it's cool. It's got like a lot of prehistoric animals, like giant snakes and like uh, saber tooth cats that could kill you. And like you Canaboa. Get... Yeah, yeah, it does have that. Yeah. A, How a do you kill snake. them? What do you do? I mean, you just smash well, them. You, <laughs> let it, you let it swallow you, then when you're in the stomach, you cut it. You cut yourself out of it. <laughs> what do the chimpanzees do, do though? The little ape cavemen. Well, well, so far, there's oh, the only thing you could do is dodge them. So you, one of them is coming towards you. There's a little mechanism where you just jump out the way. So you're not really. That's it. You can't <laughs> smash them. I might have to advance to. I, I might have get to get a stick. To the, uh... <laughs> I'll check it, it out. Look good. Not... They're you not even at the stone age. napping to get a knife. That's how you do it. <laughs> right. That's what I was going to say. They're not in the beginning of the game. You're not even at the stone age. You have no right. tools, really. So I think you, you may be able to develop it to that way. But yeah. Three, I got to get uh, Gotham Knights. I like those Arkham mm. Batman games. That's the newest one coming out in October. Batman's dead and something, something. And then uh, God of War Ragnarok. Definitely got to get that. That's right. coming out in November. In December, High on Life. It's by the guy that did Rick and Morty and stuff. It's like oh. a shooter that looks really good. Ooh. I don't know if you saw the one Trevor something something, but those yeah, are Tro funny. Trover saves the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's by that dude, and it's it looks funny. Like your gun is, I don't know, it looks crazy as hell. Mm -hmm. But that's those are three I'm eyeballing for sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, Out of War is awesome. The Norse. I mean, they've always been good, but the Norse ones. Have you gotten to those any? I need to beat the first one still, but it's good. Yeah, I have a copy of the newest one, uh, just God of War for PlayStation Four, but I haven't, I haven't really started playing it. But it, it just got, it got rave reviews, so um, it's and, interesting. You know the spoiler to it, the big deal. Should I give it up for the end of the first one? Well, what's going on in it? Who's the little kid? You know who the little kid is right. I found out by accident. Oh, it's, it's, is it? Is not his son? I thought it was his son, but I guess it's. it's I'll go ahead and say yeah, it. Yeah, go it's ahead not and say that. It. Loki. Somehow it's Loki. Oh, okay. Wow. Somehow he's got Loki with him, which I could have sworn that's true. I've heard that somewhere. But well, uh, if we're giving out spoilers, if you guys have seen the, the new Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, hmm. uh, who, who's the guy that fell out of the sky? Gandalf. I, I agree. I think yeah. it's Gandalf, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would think he does that so. thing with the little, with the, with the fireflies and and they, yeah. they fly away and do stuff. <laughs> well, what's funny is my, my friend who's um, he's a medical doctor. It's not really related to the story. It's just he's a smart guy, but he loves Lord of the Rings. And he was telling me that, okay, a lot of things I didn't know because I'm, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but basically uh, the Lord of the Rings universe takes place on earth. I thought it was, I thought it was a fantasy place, but it's, no, it's, it's earth. This planet. It's this planet. And that's why it's called the middle age or the second age or whatever. The second, second age of earth, second earth. Uh, so, it's like the, when the planet, the not the planet, there was like the Pangea when the, all the continents were together. It's somewhere between now and then. And um, so uh, Tolkien takes place in the second age of Earth. And the Thundercats, if you ever watch that cartoon, mm. that takes place in the third age of mm. Earth. And if you look at the opening wow. sequences, when they fly over, uh, looking when they first, when they find, uh, when the, uh, the mutants find the, the Thundercats, they fly over the pyramids of Giza. And that's where they find Mumra, the bad guy. Mm, so there's cool. there's some fantasy stuff that is actually based on this earth. <laughs> yeah, and then the other thing was that um, that Sauron and uh, I mean, there's a lot of characters, but Sauron and Gandalf, they're actually extraterrestrials. Mm -hmm. That's their origin. Which well, I Gandalf thought is what's called a Valar. He's one of the one of the elf elf lords or elf um, elf gods. Okay. Um, and he he was sent here specifically for that task to. 
take out Sauron. And then, so what we're going to see in this in this series is the origin of Sauron, Saruman, Gandalf, Galadriel, um, Elend, is it Elendil? Elendil? Um, uh, basically Aragorn's great-great-great-grandfather. The battle between Isildur and, and Sauron. And we'll probably see Celeborn, which it becomes um, Galadriel's husband later on in life. Is the creepy There's a lot elf... Of I know that old man called the creepy elf Sauron or Sauron or something, didn't he? The old um, man. No, the creepy elf is a- a- Adar, and he's he's he was uh, captured by Morgoth and and twisted. He's a twisted elf. But that old man called him that for some reason. The, he may have thought he was the, the the blade that he had was definitely Sauron's blade. What was up with that old man with the? He had the same crazy evil uh artifact tattoo on his hand as the little boy that had the evil artifact and why didn't he show that to that dude when they were making him you know kill that boy or whatever they never showed the rest of that scene i guess they're never going to but you would think he'd be like look dude i got this tattoo i was like what what do you tell the guy you got this tattoo for whoever (laughs) i don't know david I don't know that it's a tattoo so much as a mark. <laughs> yeah, but you would think um, it would help but, save but his the, ass. But if you if you watch one of the episodes when uh, when Galadriel is in Numenor, uh, that same mark she finds, and it's it's actually it's a sigil that represents a, an area on the map of Middle Earth where the Southlands are, which is where they're they're going in the, yeah. in the next latest. Episode. I like it. I don't get why people are retarded over it. Like, oh, what did you see this last? It episode? has an Asian Hobbit, a black. Who gives a crap? You're gonna <laughs> die. Shut up. It's good. But, I mean, but what do you see good. this last episode? This latest episode is fantastic. I got nice. okay. That came out tonight. So, have you we, watched we, it any Wild Trees? No, I've just seen the previews, and I just oh, had my friend. Shit. My friend gave me the kind of the context of what what it was supposed to talk about. It's, That's where he told me about the extraterrestrials and the Earth. And everything. It's worth, yeah. You should watch it. It'll surprise you. It's as good as the movies to me, and I love the movies. I got it. Looks really nice. It looks the good. The bulk of it is probably mostly you can if you read the Silmarillion by Tolkien, which is basically like his research notes and mm-hmm. product that he did for Lord of the Rings. Uh, while he was writing, Lord of the Rings was supposed to come out first, but he got stuck. So he went back and started doing some research. And while he was doing the research, he wrote The Hobbit and sent that out. Uh, so the Silmarillion is like a combination of everything that he got together. So I mean, he's got the, the annexes for the, um, the the different books. He's got the, the Dwarven languages in there. He's got the Elven language. And the one annex in that book, I believe, is a little bit bigger than the appendix in Lord of the Rings, where you can actually teach yourself to speak Elvish, the, the Quenya language. Oh, so very cool. It's a pretty cool I mean, thing. I haven't. Re- I have. I used to have it. I don't have it anymore. My brother threw out most of my books, but um, I, 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 I would like to read that. Probably got most of the plot. All that stuff your brother got rid of. Tell him I should kick his ass. But anyway, I haven't read those books. I want to. I have them. Um, your brother would probably kicked my ass, but nonetheless, tell him anyway. <laughs> probably. Yeah, Putin. Putin threatens to nuke Satanist West. I'm so tired of this freaking faggot. Sorry, but anyway, it's like if you're gonna do it, just do it. Just tired of it. Stop saying either put up or shut up. You know, and <laughs> I guarantee you, he launches one, then it's over. We're he's toast. Idiot. Uh, yeah. But, he, uh, did you hear what he did today? I don't know. Release the people today. So t- today he has this huge, <laughs> huge news conference uh, that he's he's now annexed the four regions of 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 
Ukraine, Kherson, Donbass, Donetsk, and one other. Uh, and they're going to be part of Russia, and the citizens will be Russians forever. Uh, so there's why some really, really not why cool stuff. Why bombing the crap out of them, raping them and stuff? Like, you're citizens now. Like, kill your babies. He's sick. Like, I, I don't know a lot about politics, but it seems like he's created his own problems because it seems like, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like, you know, if anybody dissents, anybody goes against him, he'll kill them. So then nobody tells him that his ideas are bad. And nobody tells him bad news because they don't want to get killed. And so then he just keeps doing bad things. I mean, making horrible decisions. Nobody there. Uh, that seems to be a problem he created himself. Yeah, he's a little dick. He's like Trump with more power. That's all he is. <laughs> Jay loves Trump or Gooch. I don't. I don't like any of them. I like Bernie. The rest of them, I don't like any of them. You know, being pro any candidate to me just about nowadays is like being pro Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, I just don't. Right. I don't like any of them. I like Bernie. I'm kind of glad Bernie didn't win because. They don't need a soul stain. If you get in there and you're like a murderer, weird, I'm a pedo or something. Right. I don't really like you know. Uh oh. Like, yeah, Jay and your Trump. Get out of here. I didn't do it. I don't know what happened. There's that say. There's that saying that the left wing and the right wing are are, are both wings on the same bird. You know, basically. You know, there's not that Arseholes. much difference. Arses. I don't even like libertarians. They're weird too. Like people come there naked. The only thing I know about them is like South Park guys. They seem cool. Right? <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to be libertarians. Yeah. But then why do people come to their speeches naked and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Boots on their head and weird stuff. <laughs> South Park. I don't know. Jay, I hope he don't think I kicked him. <laughs> I doubt he does. Probably lost his internet or something. Yeah, where's he at? He's not in the. Is he? What Pennsylvania. State is he in? Oh, right, 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 right. I gotcha. Or something. Well, I was gonna say. So Jay mentioned something earlier about how straight lines are not. We're talking about mutilations and how the mutilations are so precise, and that you know that kind of precision, straight lines, you don't see that in nature. So it yeah. might not be Gaia. Well, I, I, my last interview I had it was last week on my channel. It's called uh, uh, Minnesota Bigfoot High Strangeness Portals Gifting and More. So I interviewed this guy who lives in Minnesota near the Canadian border. And he's been living with Bigfoot uh, for like about eight years. And he's got so many strange things that happened. But one thing that happened was him and, a, and his friend, he wasn't alone. They were on a deer stand on his property in Minnesota and they saw a portal open. So it's like a doorway. Okay. In the woods. And it was about 13 feet tall. He said, but here's the thing. It was shaped like a doorway. It was straight lines, you know, like a rectangular doorway and inside it. He said it looked like the northern lights, you know, the greens, the blues going in there. And yeah. then out of it came these two huge, these huge orbs, you know, and those were the Bigfoot. But he said the orbs were like beach ball size, you know, but he could tell they were yeah. Bigfoot because they were bobbing up and down and because he could hear footsteps. But anyway, that really weirded me out because I was like, OK, Bigfoot, maybe maybe Bigfoot can go through portals. Maybe he can go invisible. You know, he could do the maybe he can turn into an orb. But the fact that the portal was was straight, that it had straight lines, that that threw me off because I was like, yeah, straight lines are artificial. Straight lines are engineered. They're not yeah. natural. So Jay like, had that physical encounter. He thinks they're physical only, but then he believes like all this weird alien stuff. It's like from exopolitics and all this stuff that seems like it's garbage. So Jay just confuses me. So I'm just going to talk crap about him while he's gone for a second because he'll never know it. But anyway, no, I think I there's play, something to it. I mean, I can play this video. 
while we're talking, you want me to play this video of uh, of Jay's uh, you, Bigfoot encounter where it yeah, happened? Yeah, you have it. Yeah. Okay. So let me. So, so well, as far as yeah, as far as video games, what I do when I interview someone who's had a paranormal encounter. By the way, Jeff, I, I want to get you on my show too uh, Ooh, when you're yeah. free. And then what I'll do with you is I'll ask you like, hey, what are your paranormal encounters beforehand? And I'll ask you for the location. So then when I get the location, I go. I get this video game for my X, Xbox Series X called Microsoft Flight Simulator. And what I do is that when that video game it uses real time satellite data of anywhere in the world. And you could fly anywhere in the world and you can see what it actually looks like. But what it does, more so than like Google Maps or whatever, it, it does a 3D reconstruction of the area. So it looks a lot more realistic. So um, on my, I did an episode, it's, like, it's called How to Collect a Bigfoot Body Explained by a Biologist. And I used Jay's story. And while I was talking about it, I, I played this, uh, these images. But yeah, I could show that video so you could, you could see where... Yeah, he had his, um, does his Jay know? I mean, I know he don't care, but I mean, he he'd probably like that. But does he even know? Yeah, it? yeah, no, yeah. Previously, I had um, I had asked, I asked him for his uh, his, the address. I asked him, uh, I told him what I was going to do. Asked him if it was okay, and yeah, he he knows about it. So you can play uh, it. Or do you know yeah. how to share it on here or whatever? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm share it at the bottom. Right Where did? Uh -huh. Okay, there you are. Add the stream. Yeah. Okay. Chuck Yeager's is this like Chuck Yeager's whatever whatever flight simulator? <laughs> no, it's just called Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so I'm gonna play the video. We're gonna get closer. So this is in Ohio where it happened. It happened in the 70s uh, when he, when Jay was a little boy, <laughs> a little boy playing with his cousins. But um, yeah, we're just gonna we're really up high in this area. But you can see it's an industrial area. You know, you wouldn't think Bigfoot lives here. But um, let me go ahead and play it. And head and just make it full screen. Get rid of some of those bars. The drone. And, uh, yeah, this I you know the the video game lets you pick all these different airplanes. And I used to I used to I don't know shit about I mean I don't know stuff about airplanes. I don't know anything about airplanes. And he goes S H I T. My computer crapped out. I'll be back as soon as it reboots. So as I'm reading that, I'm hearing you. <laughs> S S. Okay. It's fine, but uh, that's just cool. I'm just wondering. There's a drone. I see it. Yeah, yeah. So then, so it's got a bunch of different planes, and I, I used to pick this regular plane, but then it would be too fast, and I couldn't get a good view of the area. Then I found this thing, which is called a. It's, it's some kind of a helicopter thing. No, people can actually like when you play the video game, two people can fit in this thing. So this is an actual type of aircraft. But what it allows me to do in the video game, it's got excellent maneuverability. It's very slow and, and, and purposeful. Because, you know, the other airplanes I would use in a game, you would just be flying by the spot. So you could barely uh, you could barely see anything. But, yeah, we're getting closer here. We're going to get really close to the houses where it happened. But, yeah, it's over here to the left. You see that green, the little green section? That's where the Bigfoot came out of, and that's where it ran away. There's a creek back there. It's in the backyard of these houses, but yeah, we're we're just gonna keep getting closer. If you see that little white pin in the in the in the back corner, yes, it's, it's that's where that's that's pointing at the area where it happened, the encounter happened. Uh, but these are modern images, so this this area probably looked a lot different in the seventies, but maybe not that much different. Uh, but yeah, that's he said, Jay said, we're you know, going to Jay's house when he was a yeah, kid. When see he was Bigfoot. a kid in Ohio, yeah, he said, you know, he said he's. He heard. He saw it up close. He smelled it. He heard it growl. There were other witnesses. Um, they they saw its handprints. They saw its footprints. 
I mean, it, it's it's one of the craziest, you know, most detailed encounters and most believable encounters of a Bigfoot I've ever heard in my life. Um, you know, it really made me, yeah, believe it more more than any other story. Like I said, you've heard it, Jeffrey, right? You've heard it lots of times. And yeah, Jay tells that story. If you if you look at our, the episode where I was on earlier, Wild Trees on Church of Mavis, then um, he tells it very well. And I retell it in my video as well. Um, I don't use any clips. I just go ahead and just quote him. But anyway, while we're watching this, I was going to ask you, where does the Church of Mavis, where does that name come from? What's the story behind that? One day I found the word Mavis in Nostradamus, <laughs> and the dark force took me over, and it prepared the coming of the Antichrist. I'm kidding. One day I was stoned. I saw that word. I was going to make a metal band called that, okay. like shock rock. I didn't do it. I got sober. It turned in, I had a bunch of crap happen to me with UFOs, and I, yeah. I was about pissing people off back then. Like okay. just, I was a dick. People consider me a shocker. I'm still one sometimes. People consider me a shocker jock of ufology and all this crap. I'm not really anymore. I'm tired and fat. But basically, I just said Church of Mabus. Like I don't know. It was just to piss off people. Okay. And yeah, because I. I did some research on Mabus. I was like, "What is Mabus?" I almost started going down the Google hole. I, I can't think. I don't think I found anything. Does it it's have supposed any? to mean Antichrist? Oh, okay, oh. but it all came from John Hogue, a white dude who thinks he's Nostradamus from a documentary he did in the '80s. No one knows what it means. There's a quatrain from oh. Nostradamus, but Nostradamus never says it means Antichrist. Okay. Interesting. So I'll read the quatrain to you while All we right. go to Jay's house. See, <laughs> now we're in a little subdivision area. This is, this There's is, Jay. Why is he naked? <laughs> I hope Bigfoot wasn't there. Why he's naked? Bigfoot, that story always kind of creeped me like Bigfoot watching little kids. Maybe it's just innocent, but maybe Bigfoot stroking it. I mean, like, I don't had joy know. In his, Bigfoot had joy in his <laughs> I just hope it's not anything. Anyway, it's sure it's pure. The quatrain is, Mabus will soon die, then will come a horrible undoing of people and animals. At once we'll see vengeance. At once one will see vengeance, 100 powers, thirst, famine, when the comet will pass. Hmm. That's it. It's no one knows what it means, but Nostradamus. It's just all speculation you watch History Channel, they all say it means Antichrist. Nobody knows what it means. I say maybe us. You can, if you put Osama and Bush together, it'll spell it. If you put Obama and Bush together, it'll spell it. There's all, I've had a guy on the show that thinks it's Trump, and he broke it down with Trump with this crazy ass, big, giant, weird chart that I still don't understand. And he right. thinks Trump is it. That might be true. I don't know. Who knows? But I don't know. Okay. It's just kind of like, you know, Twin Peaks kind of just messing. I kind of liken it to uh, the Necronomicon and Bruce Campbell, just messing with crap that I probably should not have. And that's, you know, here you know, I am. You know, the, you know the, those quatrains, you know, um, Nostradamus had quatrains, which were, were apparently his predictions for the future. But, um, you know, of all that weird stuff, there's one thing that, that did happen to me sort of like that as far as predictions and secret languages. So I had my own... Um, encounter in the woods i was staying at a research station um uh for a month it was in the middle of the woods in a paranormal hotspot called the uh the uh big thicket 
National Preserve in East Texas. And I was having a fun time. I was staying in this government, you know, research scientist, uh, wildlife services house. And it was fun. But at night, it was very scary because I was like, totally alone. It was just me and this roach that was living in the bathroom. And that was my only friend. And it was it was very scary at night because, like, it was in the middle of the woods. You, you would go out to the front porch. You could see every star in the sky. So I would get scared at night. And one night, I got a phone call. I think there were two non-humans. I think these two quote-unquote aliens called me. They started. To, one of them started talking to me, and right off the bat, I was like weirded out. I was like, "This does not sound like a human. It didn't sound like a male or a female. It didn't sound like a foreign language. It sounded like a, a non-human animal." And he started talking in this weird language. Then his buddy came on, another one, you know, kind of like the minions. I guess like the minions. It kind of sounded like that, but a little more, uh, a little more scary. But I realized what was happening was that their language was actually made of English words. So th everything they were saying was an English word, but they were using them totally out of order. So it didn't make any sense. And I've heard accounts that other, uh, you know, people have seen UFO occupants in person. And when they talk, they, they say they have the same language. They say they're talking in English, but it doesn't make any sense. All the words are out of place or whatever. Anyway, long story short... I, I, the way I got out, I was scared. I thought I was going to get abducted, and I wanted to get control of the situation. So what I did is I memorized one of the things they said to me. I was like, let me pay, let me just relax, pay close attention, and remember one thing they say to me, and then let me repeat it back to them. You know, let me throw it back in their face. That's I was trying to get some kind of control. I said, don't go on a church of Memphis like Twin Peaks. <laughs> you broke their disobeyed them. I've had you know Peter Lavenda is. I've heard his name. Unholy Alliance about Hitler and the occult and all this weird stuff. Supposedly, he's one of the dudes that made that uh, Simon Necronomicon. You okay. know, that creepy paperback? That's real creepy. And uh, he was on the show, and he said that, basically, I, I made Mabus my own and created the thought form that drains me, which sounds about, I think that's what I did. But wow. no, I don't know. It was just one of those, I don't know, just silly, weird things. And what is I the what is the image associated with it? That's a Bigfoot holding what? Like a bat? That's a stick with a rabbit on the end, dead. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's uh, his head gets cut off. I need a new graphic, but in that one, but okay. you can see the whole one on the little bitty one. Jay had computer trouble. Okay. So uh, the spooks heard he liked Trumple Gooch, so they kicked him off. <laughs> I don't understand why anyone likes him. Like, he just seems like an idiot. I don't like him. Look, <laughs> like, let, me, let me say some nice things about Trump, okay? I, 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 oh. I, don't, want, I, don't, I don't want to say whether I like him or not, because I don't, I don't want to open that can of words. Let me just say, look, I, I understand why people like him. Look, look, he's funny. He is very funny, okay? He's hilarious. He's very charismatic. Uh, some of his ideas are very good, okay? So that's why people like him, but... That's, those aren't necessarily the best qualities for a politician. I mean, those are great qualities for an entertainer. So he is entertaining. Yeah. You know, I think that's why people like him. But like once again, I, those are he not necessarily. Like, he used to be like a wrestler that made fun of poor people or something. Like you're poor, you're not worth money. <laughs> like when he was wrestling and stuff. I don't get it. I don't get why anybody likes any of them really. Right. I like right. Bernie because of insurance. I got right. my balls roasted when I had testicular cancer. I lost a nut. 
and my dad's company gave him crap that I cost too much and said I should die. Like some mean supervisor said that my dad was going to kill him. Before we like, talk about your balls real fast, this is the house. Yeah. Right <laughs> okay. One of these. Let's go. Right We're going to Bigfoot Jay house when Jay's not here. So we can talk about houses. it any way we like. There you go. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, as far, if, as far as Bernie Sanders, like I, yeah, I supported Bernie Sanders too. And, and I remember one of my friends was like, well, his ideas are too radical, but here's the thing. Like, if any politician, whatever they say when they campaign, they're not going to, like, if they actually get elected, they're not going to, like, pass whatever law or legislation exactly how they said. It's going to get watered down. Yeah. So even if his ideas were too radical, they're not going to come out exactly like he said. They're going to get watered down. So that's no problem for me. You know, I was like, Bernie Sanders, you know, if it, if he was elected for president, then, yeah, his stuff would probably pass maybe at 70 or 50 percent. But that's still good. That's still good. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, there were people dying who didn't have insurance from, like, they had cancer working for him up to until, and this one dude died, like, trying to get Bernie in as he's dying from cancer from no insurance. So, just right. touched some nerves, you know? Right. Right. I just felt like he really cared, you know, more than the other ones a lot. <laughs> That's, but like you said, you get in that position, power corrupts. You got to make decisions to murder and stains your soul so it'd be crazy I'd like to see, yeah go ahead i was gonna say it'd be crazy look what would be really crazy would be if there's a so I, I think politicians have done this in other countries but it, it'd be crazy if in america a politician could get elected to a higher office like a mayor of a large city or house of representatives or senate or president and then what they said is like look i'm gonna live a life of poverty while i'm in service you know um you know i'm not gonna I'm going to donate all my money. I'm just going to live in a middle-class family. I, this is a choice I'm making just to show that, look, this job for me is not about money. This job is about what it should be. It was just serving the country or your constituents, you know, because I think, yeah, the money in politics is that that's what corrupts everything. The, the, there's so many opportunities to, to make yourself rich that, um, and also there's a lot of money that's needed to, to run effectively. That's the other thing. If you want to get elected for a higher office, it takes a lot of money. To I wanted a, uh kooky jesse ventura to run i like jesse ventura he's a little kooky but i like him i'd like to see him he challenged trump to a cage match <laughs> yeah i'd vote for jesse ventura and he was in predator so he's got yeah, that going that's right ain't got time to bleed did you see prey that was pretty good yeah i saw prey yeah i did a review on my channel really i liked it good. a lot yeah that same yeah. chick was in a uh, reservation dogs if you watch that show about the natives it's a show on uh, hulu no, I think I need to... What I, I always I... say his name wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I need to start watching it because it looks funny. Yeah, it's good. It's got Bigfoot in it and Deer Lady. Oh, really? And oh, West Studi and all kinds of natives. Oh, I did not cool. know that. Okay, like legendary. Another no, good one, Res Resident Alien. I got to catch up on that one. I'm six episodes behind on second season. Alan Tudyk on Sci-Fi, where he's he's an alien, a gray alien <laughs> as a human. <clears throat> he's funny. But that's oh, a yeah, good yeah, one. Res that Resident Alien. Yeah. That one's worth watching. It's good. Where's his house? Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, the, the video keep the video keeps replaying, so we, we get really close to it, and oh. then it just starts from the beginning. But yeah, it doesn't go down you. to it and let us see Bigfoot looking in. We we get like <laughs> right to the we get right to the backyard. It looks like a two story house and everything. But um, oh, you know what I was just saying about prey. Now this is my original idea because I heard someone else say it online, but. Prey, I think, you know, Prey is a small-scale movie in a big franchise that kind of lost its steam. You know, the Predator franchise was good. It lost its yeah. way. 
But then they came out with Prey, and Prey was like, what it did is it made it small scale, and it kind of put new energy in it. So I think, uh, it's not my original idea, I heard someone else say this, I'm sorry, whoever you are, I forgot who you are. Some Samurai. It was Samurai who said this, that that's what we need to do with these big bloated franchises that we still love, that they're never going to let die, like Terminator, like uh, Robocop, like Jurassic Park. They're gonna have. They're gonna keep making these movies, and in order for them to not be so bad, just make the next one really small scale. Just doesn't have to be the end of the world. Just make it just one dinosaur, one Terminator, one like little family, just dealing with it, and just make it really tense. And I think I think that's a good idea. I mean, the well, last yeah. Jurassic Park movie. Did you see the last one, Jurassic World? I didn't. But what I was gonna say real quick is. There was a meme about they should let Predator fight a samurai, and it was some dude from like I think he's in Mortal Kombat, some Oriental dude. Oh, okay, but they okay, were okay. saying just different time periods. Someone said the next one should be against a samurai, like story. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, I didn't see that one, and I didn't see the one before that. Okay, yeah, but, yeah. You're not missing much with the one before. The Predator was not good at all. Yeah, I mean Jurassic Park. I didn't see. Oh, the Jurassic last Park. Okay. Yeah. Which one were you asking me about, Predator or Jurassic Park? I got confused. Is that Jeff? Yeah, what James happened? Jeff. Okay. Why is he way down there? Okay. There he is. We're going to your house, Jay. Oh, no. My, it's my cousin's house, probably. Oh. It's cousin's house. We're going to go watch your yeah. Bigfoot stroking it. <laughs> but uh, we're going there. We've been talking about prey and uh, all kinds of stuff. That Predator movie, we talked about that some. I'm sure that had to be good from a biologist's point of view. Just the, you know, the Predator is interesting. Yeah, he's a de definitely an interesting uh, uh, design he's got. Yeah, and there's a lot of animals in it, too, you know, because he's a... Uh, well, in the movie Prey, you know, you, you saw, he, he, he tries to go after, like... He's trying to find a top Predator, so he goes after, like, a, a rattlesnake, I think a wolf, a bear, and then he finally he finds out that... Uh, this uh, Native American girl is the top predator. <laughs> or I don't know. Does I think he, does he underestimate her? I think he might maybe underestimates her till the very end when he realizes that he made a mistake. No, I mean he's basically cheating. He's got you know twenty second century technology versus you know tenth century technology. Right. That's true. That's true. There's now, a good Jay. New does this look though. familiar? Are you. This is Boardman, Ohio. So yeah, this is kind of like the industrial area, just west of Youngstown, where my dad's family all live. Right now, there, there, there's that tract of woods. Uh, it's over here to the yeah. left, where it, the, where it ran off to. But yeah, there are little patches of woods, but there's not a lot of woods. There's just little patches Whoops. of woods here and there, which is interesting. Because like, I was it, trying to. Yeah, it was really strange that he we saw him there because it, you know. Aside from the neighborhood, the rest of it's like so industrial. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. where and you can see there's warehouses and shopping centers and, you know, it's a highly industrial area. Why you build a house on my land? That's probably why I was there. Was the house new? Uh, it's probably relatively. I was probably uh, built in a... This used to be my house, stupid. <laughs> Now, <laughs> Maybe that's why he's there. If he could teleport, then it's it's not a problem. Maybe he just teleports to little patches of woods here and there, looking for children to look at through the window. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that worries me. I start thinking of missing four one one and all that stuff, and freaking out. Right, they might eat them. <laughs> I don't think they all do. 
but some yep. of them I've heard of. If you look up uh, Kawani Leporitis, he's done. He has a book, Telepathic Bigfoot or Sasquatch or something. He also has a book, Sasquatch People. Mm-hmm. He tells a story about a rogue Bigfoot that uh, all the other Bigfoot put him in a cage and make him drink. I mean, put him in a cave and make him drink antifreeze or something to kill him because he's killing humans or something weird. Whoa. That's weird story. Yeah. How do they know about antifreeze? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Heck if I know. But the dude's pretty reputable. He's been around like since Whitley Streber and stuff. So got some pretty cool books like Telepathic Bigfoot. Psychic Bigfoot's what it's called. He's like one of the first people saying they're, they communicate uh, psychically and stuff. So, Right. Ron Moorhead is all you need. No matter what you think, there's something weird about Bigfoot. Call it what you want, but he has a book, Quantum Bigfoot. Ron Moorhead is the real deal Holyfield. And he's been on my show. I need to get him on again, but there's something to it that's quantum-y, quantum physics, baby. And he don't play. Look up Ron Moorhead, Quantum Bigfoot, his book. He's got them vocals of him. He's got all kinds of stuff. And whatever you think, there's some quantum physics at play. I believe. I don't know what or how or when, but there's something. And he don't play. So that's who who I might go to would say to go to, Ron Moorhead. Yep, sounds familiar. So, Jay, yeah. Coast to coast and all kinds of stuff. Cool, cool. Yeah, Jay, I I think we're getting closer to the house right there. So there's that row of houses that backs right up to the woods right there. Yeah, all these two-story houses. Right behind, like, a creek and some, some trees. How do you yeah. feel, Jay, right now? How does this make you feel? I haven't been up there in <laughs> God, a long time, but um, yeah, it's bringing back some memories. Um, the neat house they had—they had, they had uh, drop chutes for like the laundry. You could drop it in from the third level, go all the way to the basement. <laughs> it was a neat house. I saw something move. Oh, it's a car! <laughs> wow, you can see cars. Is this real? Like Google no. Earth? It takes Just Google Earth like... images. But yeah. Okay. But it recreates everything in 3D. But yeah, for those that can't right see here. the screen, that you may not be able to see the screen right now, it's like a, a simulator where you were going to the house where Jay saw Bigfoot looking at children. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we're going there to the house with a. Bunch now there's of a lot of woods right there. See, right, right where I'm at, right there. That's a big, that's a yeah. big uh, patch of woods right there. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, but the, the blue arrow—that's where we're headed. Uh, yeah, yeah, generally in that direction. You see a little pin. You also see like a little yeah. white pin that goes up into infinity. That's that's where we're headed, yeah. We've been heading there for like 30 minutes. When do we get there? <laughs> this thing got some turbo. <laughs> it's well, fine. It, I'm just... <laughs> no, we, what happens is we, we, we get there, and then it just the video just resets, and we go back forward. So we were just there like a second ago, like right cool, in the backyard. Cool. Yeah. It's a trip, man. And you haven't had any other abnormal experiences, Jay? Anything else? Oh, I've seen uh, several UFOs since then, but no other Bigfoot, no. No ghosts, no aliens? Uh, Ghosts were really early on. I I think I saw a ghost walk through the headboard of my bed when I was like 10 in in Rockville. Um, It looked like a witch, but it was shaped like the grain of the wood. It was really strange. I may have been just hallucinating. I don't know, but I saw it at least twice. How old were you? You were doing acid? 
At 10? I don't think so, no. (laughs) (laughs) You said hallucinate it. What are you doing? Probably hallucinate it. Candy, Candy. um, sugar and candy. Fun (laughs) dip. Okay. (laughs) We're going there. But yeah, and then uh, Jay, I was also talking about how I uh, I interviewed a guy in Minnesota uh, recently on my ch- on my channel, and he's uh, he's in northern Minnesota near the Canadian border, and he's been having Bigfoot encounters for about eight years. He's seen them. Wow. He gives them gifts, you know, like peanut butter jars of peanut butter, and they'll open it, you know, and they'll wow. clean it out. So it'll be like it's from a dishwasher, and uh, as opposed to a bear, a bears will just like chew it all up and stuff, and. Anyway, he's, he was with a friend uh, who works for he, – he, he's associated with the SRA, Sasquatch uh-huh. Research Association in Minnesota. And both of them were in a tree stand on his property. I, mean, I have that video too of, of that property. And um, he said uh, one day they were out there at night in the woods and they saw a portal open up. So they said it was – it, it was like rectangular like a doorway. Which once again, it's got the straight lines, which is very suspicious. It's, it's, it's it sounds artificial, but it was about 13 feet, you know, uh, tall, and it was like you know a rectangular doorway in the forest. He said inside it, it looked like uh, like the Northern Lights. He described it, so it was like um, you know greens and purples and stuff, and you know there was two people there, and then out of it came these two orbs. They were like a beach ball size, large orbs. One after the other. And he said, he, he was like, those are the Bigfoot. He said they were bobbing up and down like they were walking, but he could also hear the footsteps. So it's like the orbs were the Bigfoot. And then they went directly, those two orbs went directly to where he had put some peanut butter. And then they came back. And when one of them was coming back, he could kind of see the outline of its cone-shaped head or whatever. And they went back in the portal. Wow. And so s- stuff like that makes me think like, okay, I, I can understand that Bigfoot is a, a natural animal that has a, an adaptation to turn into orbs and it can make a portal if <coughs> the portal was like if the portal was like round or something like that. But the fact that the portal he described was rectangular, that's what like you said, I was like, that's not that's not natural. That's artificial. Like yeah. there's no straight lines in nature. So they, they might have been coming out of a cloaked ship or something that they, they couldn't see that was invisible as well. Ah, that's true. That's very true. Um, what that what that made me think of as well is like, look, I uh, I don't really have any evidence, but it was just an idea I was throwing around. It's like, okay, what if not all Bigfoot, but what if some of these Bigfoot are the same thing as the fairies and the same thing as the gray aliens? You know, they, they're yeah. the exact same animal or creature, but what they do is they want to do a misdirection. So what the UFO occupants do is they 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 don't want us to know the truth. Obviously, they want to remain hidden, so they lie to us. They, they, they want us to believe that, hey, we're extraterrestrial visitors, so that we're looking the wrong way. And maybe they also come down on the planet in the woods. They're the same thing, but they want us to think, hey, we're an ape that lives in the forest. We're an ape creature, so that we're looking in the wrong direction, when really, they don't look like a UFO. They don't look like a gray alien. They don't look like Bigfoot. This is all just a misdirection. Some of them, not all of them, you know, because it, it could be there's some actual Bigfoot that are just animals, and these things are piggybacking off of that. They're like, hey, let's pretend to be like those other things. It just as a way to throw us off the trail. I, I wonder about that sometimes. Well, if you think about trickster energy, I mean, I'm not saying all Bigfoots are that. There may be some that are just physical, whatever, but there may be a trickster energy that shapeshifts, you know? Right. Like a trickster yeah, energy. Sure. 
That's true. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, because in nature, like one of the biggest things, if you want to remain hidden, which a lot of predators want to do and a lot of uh, prey want to do, you know, like plants, uh, lions, zebras, lots of animals, they want to remain hidden. One of the biggest things you could give away in nature is what you actually look like, your true identity. That's why, you know, there's some moths that look like the bark of a tree, some insects that look like leaves. You know, the, the, the lions will camouflage with the plants. So it's a really big thing to give away your actual physical appearance. That's a big thing to give away. So to me, when I'm thinking about Bigfoot and I'm thinking about, you know, UFO occupants, they're obviously trying to remain hidden. They obviously have technology, some of them. Why would they give away their biggest secret? Their biggest secret is what they actually look like. So part of me is like, I don't, I think that's all just a mirage. That's a mask that they're wearing because they want to remain secret. And I think they're just, they're tricking us. They're wanting us to look in the wrong direction. basically. I don't trust them. Anytime I've seen weird stuff, they don't ever come up to you and start talking. They just show it to you and you're like, what the hell is that? It's like the Riddler from Batman messing with your brain. That's what it seems right. like. Like there's no rhyme or reason. It's just kind of like the head F you. <laughs> they don't ever just come and chill with you or whatever. It's just like, here, bye. <laughs> like, oh, gee, did I see that or not? Am I crazy? Just like quick. Exactly. exactly. They don't treat us on the same level. They're not, they're, we're not like uh, contemporaries or cohorts. You know, we're, they're treating us differently. They're not giving us, you could say, respect. Because, you know, you know, know, sharing your knowledge yeah. is respectful. Uh, if you want me, I can look at some. I got some other videos. I think I have a bit a video of the Patterson Gimli, Gimlin location. If you want me to share that, uh, sure. Yeah, that'd be like cool. where I, yeah, let me look for that one. There's uh, a picture I, I shared might... recently. Of uh, did you see that picture I shared recently of the dude in the suit saying that was the the thing and all that? Like they were. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude with, I don't know how legit it was, but it had boobs. <laughs> suit yeah, had titties. <laughs> what is Joe doing? He's just kind of lurking, watching us. I bet. Ain't no cam on. He's just kind of like spying, <laughs> seeing what we're doing. I'm watching him. I know he's there. Just sitting there, <laughs> lurking. Really see him. See him a little bit. But yeah, we'll go to the Patterson Gimlin site. Yeah. I'm just going so through going by, there by drone, by drone. Yeah, by drone. I'm just kind of scrubbing through. I got to find that video. Yeah. But, uh, I think I saw it earlier. I'm a. But yeah, that, that area is very mountainous. You'll see. But that the, the Patterson Giblin area is just completely covered in mountains. It's incredibly inaccessible. Um, there's no roads or anything like that. You know, it's just that looks more like an area where you would think Bigfoot would be. The Patterson Giblin area is like, yeah. That's, that's that looks like Bigfoot country. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's an interesting case, but I would look up. I would grab that Quantum Bigfoot book if you ever get a chance. That's a good one. Yeah, definitely. When was it published? Because you said the guy's been around for a while in the in the, in the community. Um, last few years, I think. Oh, okay. So that Justin Kuchin, did I say his name right? He's been on the show. He has a good Bigfoot book too. It's pretty interesting. He did with somebody. It's a bunch of volumes to it. I need to get the second yeah. one. Quantum Bigfoot, like it's just got weird Bigfoot. Let me see. Quantum Bigfoot's on Amazon 2017. 177 ratings. It's got four and a half stars. One half star from uh, five stars, baby. A lot about Bigfoot and quantum physics. 
Now, uh, okay, I'm still looking for that, that one, but I Roswell site. Do you want to see the Roswell site? Sure, let's go. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, we're we talking of the crash site, or are we talking about the, the ricochet site? This is the uh, crash site, but where the, the actual, where where the, the actual the disc came like. in? The Arroyo? Okay, cool. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, man. Let me make it full. I'm having to take half a blood pressure pill just to try to wean off these things. Yeah, did they're like, do they make you feel? I was having angina a lot, and then I started to take them, and it would go away. And but after a while of taking them, they just start to make you feel crappy too. So that's the only thing I mm. take, pill wise. I take garlic and aspirin and stuff, but now I got to wean off of it. I was starting to compare them to Jekyll and Hyde. Like, I was starting to feel like Hyde or something, like just aggressive and stuff. Someone told me blood pressure, Christina said it can make you feel aggressive or something. I was like, man, I feel like Jeffrey Dahmer or something on this stuff. I got to come off of it. Like, you just, I guess it makes you just too low or something, or you come a reptile or something to get off this crap. I still need to watch that Dahmer show. I'm hesitant. The last true grind book I ever read was about Dahmer. I never read another one. Well, it's too much. It's just too much. But there's that new show by the American Horror Story guy. He's kind of creepy, kooky guy that does American Horror Story, Ryan Murphy. But the guy, Evan Peters, plays Dahmer, the guy that's in American Horror Story. He's a good actor. But it looks good, but it's just a lot. You know, it's like, do I want to watch that? It's too much. Some guy said yeah, he I served Dahmer a at Sh Shake and Bake. He worked no. at Shake and Bake and sold Dahmer a Shake and, a shake and Bake Philly cheese and milkshake. So there's evil in his eyes. What did you say, Trees, yeah. about it? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I heard it's just kind of depressing. Uh, yeah, entertaining, but depressing. That's the same sick. thing with... Uh, it, it's kind of like like uh, Tiger King. I remember when that came out. My friend who's a, a veterinarian <laughs> asked me if we should watch it. I was like, he said, should I watch it? I was like, no, I don't think you'd like it. It's just a bunch of animal abuse, really. Uh, a bunch of yeah. people abusing animals. It's, I mean, it's entertaining, but it's depressing at the same time. I wouldn't watch I, I it think, again. It, I have the, the the video up. I think maybe you just need to add it to the stream. It's uh, funny, that, but yeah, sick too. Yeah, sick. That dude's crazy sick. He's in jail now with like cancer. Mm -hmm. Nick Cage is supposed to play him. I don't know if that's still happening. <laughs> Uh-oh, we're in the plane. We're going to Roswell, baby. I think. Wait, hold on a second. I think this is a different one. Hold on, hold on. This one. I think I might have started a playlist. I think this is um this is where the Marfa lights are in Marfa, Texas. <laughs> hold on a second. Okay. Because I had like, I think I, I was just playing so many videos. Let's go to JoJo's house. I don't know his address. <laughs> hold on a second. Let me go ahead. Let I got to watch Andor. Right I haven't seen that yet. Got to get into Andor. That new Star Wars. Yeah, I saw like the first 10 minutes of the first episode. You stop it because okay. it sucked? What, what happened? No, nah, I just quit? got tired. No, it looks good. <laughs> looks good. Looks good. Okay, here, here's the right video right now. If you want to go ahead and share it. I like this kind of technology. There we go. This is Roswell right here. 
Um, yeah, it's just really flat. I mean, that's the thing you'll notice for the Roswell site. It, there's not a lot out there, but yeah, that's that's what it looks like. Um, just like crap. But apparently there was a thunderstorm that that's what might have caused the the crash to happen. That's why it crashed. I've heard so a, many things. I had Douglas. I, let me just say this real quick, Jay. I had Douglas Dietrich on, and he that guy's like interviewing a Gatlin gun. Like, you can't get a question in, but he claimed it was like Japanese kamikaze dwarfs or something from World War One or something weird or World War Two, whatever. He was serious about it, too. I don't know. I don't know. Go ahead, Jay. So with the, with the Roswell case, the original idea, which came out of Stanton Friedman, uh, was that uh, – it was one of the most violent thunderstorms in the area they had ever seen. And they speculated that lightning had either struck one or several UFO devices and, and uh, brought them down. Uh, the most current uh, theory is, and this is a weird one, but um, uh, generals uh, Twining and uh, Ramey, uh, Twining was over top of Ramey and Ramey was the CEO of uh, the 509th bombing group. Allegedly, uh, White Sands, Alamogordo, and uh, Sandia Labs were all working on a new project with targeting radar. So the targeting radar is what they use to track, follow, and shoot weapons, usually missiles, at a ship so that this radar would follow that tracked item to send that missile there. And they thought maybe they could use that to down some of these craft. So they baited the... um, they baited the UFOs with some nuclear testing over there. When the UFO oh, okay. flap began, they, they think they had a, up, upwards of somewhere between nine and 15 ships at once. They activated the radar and knocked three of them to the ground. The first one landed somewhere within either Alamogordo or Sandia Labs territory, which is within a military base, so no one knows for sure. The other two were at Corona, which is the one Stanton Friedman wrote about, and then the third one was just outside of Roswell, and by just outside of Roswell, it's like the the Arroyo where they found the disc, actually more of a delta wing shaped craft, was uh, actually about seventy miles from the actual city of Roswell. So, allegedly, Ramey and Twining set up a trap to shoot right. these things down on purpose and capture them. That's the latest theory. Hmm. But they, but they, does that theory also say they did have occupants that were non-human? Inside biological they, occupants. Um, oh, oh yeah. Um, they, each craft okay. had five. They knocked down three, so there's fifteen. Um, two of them were alive. One died at uh, recovery. The one that was alive, but barely, was found by um, University of Arizona geologist class who was out there, you know, digging up rocks and doing, you know, lab work like what you're, you're used to, uh, wild trees, and yeah. They were immediately set upon. As soon as they found the craft and the, the, the dying alien, they were all cordoned off by military. At the Roswell craft, there was one that was still alive and very much alive. He was like almost entirely uninjured, but his four comrades were dead. And he became EBE-1. He was housed with the uh, DOD, DOD at Area 51 once they built it in 58. And he lived there until about... 58, 59, something like that, and he died of a cold. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I had a friend on the show once. He claimed up and down and swore his dad worked for the Pentagon and when he was younger, he went there and there was an alien named Bob that worked there and the alien loved baseball and it like had its own little 
area there and worked with them. He's come on the mm. show, and I've always thought he's crazy, but maybe not. You know, I don't know. I wasn't there, but it's a lot to take in. You went to the, the Pentagon with your dad and, you know, <laughs> alien named Bob. It's possible. I never ruled it out, but I'm just saying he's been on the show before. Interesting. If it ain't true and he's, and he's just making it up, he's crazy as hell. But maybe it's true. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's possible. It could happen. We had uh, Richard Allen Miller on. I don't know. You should listen to that one, uh, Wild Trees. Okay. This guy's been on Coast to Coast. He's like a scientist, more like a mad scientist. Reminds me of the guy from you know Rick and Morty or something because he burps and screams. And he uh, <laughs> he was what? He he was a test subject for Timothy Leary and was one of the ASIC people. And he had a Mensa level intelligence and they did LSD. But he claims, and, and it's supposed to be true, mm -hmm. that he originally helped to, they were going to base Mulder from the X-Files on him. Something okay. happened and Chris Carter took over. But he was on the show and he's rambling and telling us all this stuff. And he's like, I met an alien in a mech suit. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. you know, I'm like, what did you say? <laughs> Back wow. up. That was a trip. All right. Remember I got that, the uh... Jay, with the alien in the mech suit. <laughs> it's crazy. But Richard Allen Miller, it's on the archives. I got the video up now if you want to see. You probably uh, didn't the hear big, it. The it was, patty was ram rambling hard. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jeffrey, I, I got the video up now if you want to see the uh, Passion Gimli location. Okay. Gimli. Here we go. There it is. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's totally. Oh, wait, hold on, it starts off. Let me wind it real fast. Oh, we, oh, we, oh, woo, oh, woo. Let's see. Oh, we're really going there, bro. Yeah. Look at that. Shangri La. Got too I got too many files going on over here. Hold on. Let me, uh, Which one is this again? Hold on. That looks like Youngstown, Canton, and Akron. <laughs> I, I actually have uh, a video. Here. Let me see <laughs> if I can get mine up here. I should show you. I got the satellite view of that area. Huh? I don't know if I can get it up for you guys. Yeah, there we go. What's going on? Okay. So, I was trying to share a screen, show you guys the, the satellite view of that area. How do you do it? You got to pull it up. If I see I it, did, oh, wait. Yeah. Okay, then, wait. Yours, it's at the bottom, so I have to scroll down. All right. Okay, so the little blue blip is the house we were in. Okay, and you, you really can't see in the backyard, but back here where the hand is, was about where there was a sandbox and a, and a small, it was it was labeled as like Abraham Lincoln's family home that he grew up in. It was just a, a toy clubhouse that, that I had at our house and I, my cousins had the same one. And right about the back where that hand is on the back of the house was the window where he was leaning into. 
Uh, and you can what? see there's several houses here where the hand goes down. He ran. What house? What house is Abraham Lincoln's house? It was a, it was just a log cabin toy that we had. Didn't oh, okay. It's Lincoln's you know log cabin home. Um, <laughs> no, what the hell you're talking about? <laughs> it was just a, it was just a toy clubhouse we all had. My cousins had. Okay. had. Uh, so anyway, right, so right. we were standing right in this in this room right here where the hand is, where the fingers about. And when we when he discovered us, he screamed at me. He was looking right at me, and he right. screamed at me and scared the piss out of me. Uh, and then he ran to about this house here, and then into these woods. And then back here, there's a little creek. And the, he used evasion technology. Uh, the, the, I guess certain prey used to avoid being captured, because we could find his footprints all the way through. Because it had been raining, all the ground was wet and mushy. So we found his footprints all the way through these three backyards. Hit my my cousin's backyard and these other two yards, and then we followed him up. And right at the creek, they disappeared. His Footprints did not continue on to the other side of the creek. And so what he must have done is use the creek to mask which way he went. He could have gone left, he could have gone right. He probably went right, because if you go down this way, that's where the industrial part is. There's like a big road over there. It's like a two-lane both ways. There's a McDonald's, there's warehouses and all kinds of stuff. So he must have had to go this way, because if you if you look, you keep going. It just, it's just gets a little thicker in the woods here. So that's probably how he evaded us. Uh, but that's that's where the incident happened. It's right there in that backyard, you know, 40-some years ago, 45 years ago. And uh, I just, I, this this area, I just, I can't believe if I if I zap, zap out a little bit, this isn't a place, I mean, look at, look at this. This is not where you find Bigfoot. It's, look at how industrial this is, you know? So he had all this up here that he could easily just ran through and disappeared and then over here is like where the mcdonald's are and there was a toys r us and there's like you know big like you know industrial shopping center areas that was just a weird 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 scary incident that we had you ready for this one wild trees yeah uh, i got the yeah i got the right one cool jay yeah. Uh, why didn't Bigfoot scream? Were you bald back then? <laughs> no, he, he noticed me noticing him looking at us. And then he went from he had a happy face because he was watching us, you know, jump on the bed and play. And then when he realized he'd been caught, he, his face went to anger. He just gave me a, a, a Bigfoot yelp. And then he, we heard this loud thud. and We ran downstairs just in time to see him lope through the backyards. Well, where was his hands? He touched the side of the they house, were on I believe. Either side of the window, he was bracing himself. Yeah. Along see the his side hands. Of we could see. Him. That's good. We could we could see his handprints. <laughs> we could see two brown, dirty handprints because he was muddy on the side of the I'm, window. Yeah, I see. It. I'm glad. I see what you said. I see what you said now, Jeffrey. Je Jeffrey was <laughs> he, he was like when he was looking at you. Where were his? Could you see his hands? What was he doing with his hands? His hands were on the house, so he wouldn't fall. <laughs> he, was, he was standing good. on that log. He was, he was standing on that toy log cabin to get into the window because I mean it's <laughs> just a stroke in it, it, baby. Yeah, I see. Harry I'm sure Anderson. there's pedophile big out there, Jeff. <laughs> Please, though, I don't want Bigfoot coming to get me, but I mean, I'm sure like people, you know, there's crazy ones. Yeah, but it I'm very seriously okay, doubt that they're pedophiles. 
All right, let's stop. <laughs> you fucking Jeff. <laughs> I'm crying. All right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> A tear came down my face. All right. Where are we going? So this is in uh, Northern California, the Patterson Gimlin uh, film site where they. But yeah, this one, like, yeah, this looks like Bigfoot country to me. It was like, if you told me, you'd be like, it's nothing about forests and mountains. So this, this, this is where you expect like to a see really a large ape. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that, you see a little pin over there. It, it's it's one of the valleys, right? You know, in the bottom yes. of one of these mountains. There was like, like some water. That, it was like a little flood plain. That's where it was. Yeah. It looks like no houses, no civilization. Yeah. yeah. They, they had been to that site several times before they started filming and, and captured the Bigfoot. So it was like their third or fourth trip there. So what it is is one guy claims it's true, another guy claims it ain't, and he actually got a picture of a weird suit with boobies. Uh, I, I don't think so because um, what's his name? Jeff Meldrum has analyzed that film and has analyzed the creature in it. And he says it's impossible for any human to imitate that. And he's an expert on ape behavior and ape movement. So I, yeah. I, I tend to agree with him. I mean, that's if that's a suit, man, that is one of the best looking suits. It's anyone one has hell ever of a suit. Yeah. Ever. I mean, the, the thing is with the, with, with the Patterson Gimlin film is the way the Bigfoot walks away from them. If you or I were to walk away from a camera, we could do this and look at it. The right. Bigfoot shoulders are up here, so they can't do that. So they have to turn this way to look back right. to make sure they're not being followed. If you look at the film closely, the shoulders are even with the chin. And when it turns back to look at Patterson and Gimlin to make sure they're not following it, it actually has to turn its entire torso backwards after the camera. So that's an actual ape behavior. It's not a... It's, well, we're apes too, but it's not typical human behavior. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and also the other thing that a, a guy on uh, YouTube named Thinker Thunker, his channel, Thinker Thunker, he, a good analysis, analysis he's done, what he's found out is if you look at all these Bigfoot videos, like Patterson Gimlin, you know, even if they're blurry, what he does is he analyzes the ratio, like how long are the arms compared to how long are the legs, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. he notices that whatever human you whatever human you look like, it uh, doesn't matter if it's a basketball player, if it's a woman, we have the same ratio. Our, our, our arms are not as long as our legs. But yeah. if you look at a, a certain percentage of Bigfoot videos, the ratio is thrown off completely. They have much longer arms. Um, but some videos, you know, they have the human proportion. And he's like, those are probably hoaxes. That's probably a guy in a suit. Right. But there are a lot of videos like Patterson Gimli where the arms they just don't match the human proportion. That that's probably a real video of a real yeah. animal. Yeah, when when we stand up, our arms stop about just past our waist. Bigfoot stop just before the kneecap, and if they need to, they could they can lope around on all fours because, like a gorilla, you know, they have the their forearms are twice the length of ours at least. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I, I have to be, like I, I totally believe that UFOs have multiple explanations. I don't think it's just one thing that covers everything. And I'm starting to think I think the same thing has to apply for Bigfoot as well. I don't think it's just one explanation. I, 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 I part of me has thinks like there has to be some group of Bigfoot that are just animals. But there's got to be others that are mimicking those animals and that are more than animals. 
but maybe they used the the animal as a cover. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, let's go back to Roswell. With, with Roswell, Jay, do you think those those little occupants in the ship? Do you think they came from another planet? Because I'm starting to think they came from the ocean. They're they're, they're actually just Earth habitants. That live no, the they ocean. actually came from another planet. Um, when when EBE one died in 57, 58, right after he was housed at the Area 51, uh, the planet he came from, they sent another hostage uh, to stay at that base, and that that hostage was named. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. It starts with an R. Um, he stayed at that base for about 20. 25, 30 years before he also eventually died. And um, so the, what they did was as a sign of good faith and, and peace, they traded the, the new hostage for EBE-1 to, I guess, to foster goodwill with the U.S. government. Um, but uh, we were most definitely, uh, if, if, if what the latest theory says is true, we were definitely out to try and knock these guys out of the sky on purpose uh maybe not necessarily kill them but you know this 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 trap did kill three planes worth of, of ufo aliens and uh you know only one of them survived out of 15. so uh that is an act of war so obviously they they felt they needed to send a new hostage to keep us from shooting their guys down i wonder if the uh, i wonder if they learn it if they learn and adapted from that that incidents and so that that strategy wouldn't work anymore i wonder if we wouldn't be able to shoot them down the same way anymore yeah you know i couldn't tell you but if if they're anything you know remotely advanced than us then yes they must have developed some sort of uh counter to that um because it was new technology dust and if you look back uh even at world war ii uh mussolini had trouble with the ethiopians when he went to go, you know, attack northern northern Africa, he had machine guns. They had spears and cowhide shields, and they were kicking his ass. And he had to ask Hitler to send down some help, so he sent Rommel down there to help, which is why they lost Europe and the whole fiasco there. So sometimes the low technology takes over the, the more advanced technology. Um, and there's one of the Predator movies, I think, where they, they use an arrow. And they shoot the air at the predator, and it goes through his shields, right? And hits yeah, it. Sure. So, um, or not, not, not. not well, that. which which one? It's one that has like a protective shield, and they shoot the air at him, and it goes through, and it, it actually injures the alien behind the the. the we got. Shield. Hey guys, we got to end this. It's been a great one. It's always a pleasure to have wild trees on. It's been a journey of wild trees. It's always a great show, mm -hmm. and we always enjoy it. Anything you want to plug, man, before you go? Uh, yeah, just my uh, my YouTube channel. That's the main thing I'm doing. Like I uh, I do play video games. I discuss scientific papers having to do with paranormal subjects. Uh, I do interview witnesses of abductions and Bigfoot, and I am teaching a college level course course on insects. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, if you just go to YouTube, type in uh, biologist wild trees, or you could also go to YouTube.com/slash biologist wild trees. One word. And that's that's where you'll find me every week. All right. We appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, next week, uh, I think it's Halloween Tarot or something. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. But everybody have a good weekend. And thanks, Wild Trees. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Secret JoJo. Everybody have a good night. Good night, everybody. Good thanks, night. guys. Good night. 
sexy beast master.